podcast recording website thinks that it's time for another name change time time for a rebrand and you're you're you will now be owned by the website cast when i'm on crew now i will be cast in crew whoa are you crewing up is that is that is that your big hollywood plan time to time to move some i gotta tell you bad time to attempt to join film crews yeah so not quite i'm trying to join anything um, that pays money, and it's been harder than you would think. Definitely mm. harder than my mom would think. Can't you just you got to go back in person and ask about your application? That's what every parent thinks will magically work. Whereas I'm sure, perhaps you remember from your teenage days, you know, you applied to all the fast food restaurants in town, and you never hear back because no one at the Jack in the Box is picking up those applications. And like, no, go in <laughs> and ask and ask about the application yeah it's there's there's a number of misunderstandings about this economy um but i'll pivot from that in case this is a more accessible project to my parents and they listen probably not though but i don't know i feel like this concept is parent friendly kid approved People love Julia Roberts. Choosy moms choose Julia Roberts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, kid tested, mother approved. Yeah. And Julia Roberts is mother, to use popular gay internet slang. Mother. Mommy. Yeah. She really Listen, is. Listen, you know, it's not for me to say whether or not Julia Roberts is mommy, but um, <laughs> in an academic lens, I think the new project here is to decide, is Julia Roberts mommy? Yes, there were a number of questions I had about, like, the structure of it and how about I was going to rate it. Yeah, but I'm just going to kind of run through my thoughts of this film as a whole. Mm, perfect. Why don't we start with, uh, what is this? Why are we doing it? Who are we? Classic, classic beginning of podcast sort of questions and answers. Do yeah, you think that, go for it. Do you think it. that would be a good idea? Definitely. Uh, wonderful. Uh, so welcome to the first very well rehearsed and organized episode of Run the Julias, a podcast that was invented because I thought of that pun. Uh, I am, you know, currently constantly in a stage of writing and rewriting a romantic comedy. And if you're gonna cover that genre, you've got to explore the filmography of Julia Roberts, perhaps the key romantic comedy linchpin of the last 100 years. I'll say it. I'll say it. And uh, I think her work is important and, you know, underexplored by film bros. Uh, and it's time And it's time that we dove in. It's time that we did a, a deep, deep dive over the course of many years uh, where we talk about Julia Roberts. I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan. And I'm Kat Scott. I famously use they, them pronouns. And famously. when Kevin first pitched this pun to me, I would say in a lossless format with no uh, space or to breathe, I produced a meme in response. And that is our cover art. Run the that Julius. is the cover art. Yeah. I'm wondering, do you still have the base file of that cover art? Or should I use the picture that you texted me on my phone? Probably the picture I texted you because that is simply what I did. I think I went to Snapchat, used the mm, like okay. lasso so feature. There, there's it. no Photoshop project file. I don't. Uh, I don't know how to work Photoshop. That scene in Barbie was written for me um, because I don't know how to use it, and I've had many, many people mansplain it to me, and I've said, you know what, I wouldn't have this PowerPoint pioneer art form if i knew how to use photoshop and i think that's beautiful wow yeah that's absolutely beautiful and as we all know as uh, actor simu liu uh posited uh, now that barbie has come out gender is over we did it we we, we solved it we did it joe um, what'd you say we did it joe we did we did it joe gender is over uh barbie which is definitely not a film 
per, not the most gendered film of the last 100 years. Um, it's definitely it's definitely not a film that makes a lot of jokes along very <laughs> strict gender binary lines. It was kind of fun to watch as a non-binary person. It did right. feel like a masterclass in when we teach future generations what the gender binary was. It feels like the right textbook work. This is a good one. This is a good one to to start with of like, you know, in a in a hundred years when climate change is solved and gender is over and, you know, non-binary children running up to their uh, gender non-conforming parents and being like, tell me, parent, what was gender? Uh, it will be like, here, let me show you what gender was. And you put on Barbie 2023. Yes, gender in the 20th and 21st century explored through Barbie um powerful stuff loved loved the ken of it all as i classically would it's also where you learn about the patriarchy if you needed a definition of the patriarchy for children Mm -hmm. this is the film for you baby's first patriarchy absolutely um but you know enough of that and there's been a whole movies for babies episode about that uh assuredly by the time you are listening to this um oh i'm jealous i want to hop on that did you already record it no not yet okay I would love to be in there. Let me get, I want you to send a, we'll, we'll see if it works out recording timeline wise. Otherwise, send me the longest voice memo recorded in a high quality of all time. You got um, it. Absolutely. Uh, perfect. So yes, we are, we are here to discuss the career of she with the million watt smile. She of the Academy Award. She of the prettiest woman. Julia Roberts, who IMDb tells me has appeared in 66 projects over the years. Um, This includes several one-off television episode appearances. Uh, So, you know, uh, uh, we will, this is a lot. This is a mountain of a career. She books, she works, she's had megawatt box office success and, you know, has been honored by her peers on the grandest stage of them all, Sweet Oscar. Um, She's done dramas she's done comedies she has done small appearances she's done sitcoms apparently we're gonna have to watch an episode of friends at some point and uh you know it really runs the entire gamut one episode of the original miami vice sounds good runs the julia's runs the gamut runs Runs the gamut the julia's we had to start with pretty woman you have to there was there was some consideration of like oh where do we begin, obviously we didn't want to do this in chronological order and begin with one episode of Crime Story from 1987. Didn't want to do that. And what was the starting point? The only other option that I came up with was we could possibly start with the film that won her sweet Oscar, Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, but, but I feel like that's that's more like a mid-season, end-season yes. finale if this was Absolutely. a concert. Of Julia's. Right. Yeah. It Pretty Woman is the opening song and maybe Aaron Brockovich is the encore. You know, yeah. it's like two equally important placements in the show, but for very, very different reasons. And I also think that now I've not seen Aaron Brockovich at this point, so I, I don't really know what the film has to offer. But so good. I feel like Pretty Woman gives you everything you need to know about Julia Roberts to a certain extent. It I is a it, it's a it's it's as good as a a serving of everything that is on offer at the at the restaurant. It's a sample platter of all the appetizers that is Julia Roberts. In its earlier career, if you said that eighty seven was the first project, this was yeah, this only three years later. Yeah, exactly. So we are we are about three years into this career, which has already featured Steel Magnolias and Mystic Pizza. You know, she hits early and she hits hard. And I haven't um, seen those, so I'm looking forward to that. I think um, I watched I, this when I when mom gave us great liberties as children to go to Blockbuster and kind of pick out whatever we wanted for like a week. Um, and I'm pretty sure this was something viewed during that period of time, which was not age appropriate, but I don't actually really believe in super age appropriate stuff for kids because they're just going to find it anyway. So you might as well give them art. If you're going to drink, you might as well do it in the house. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's what it's going to be. 
And I think an early exposure to things, not wrapping your child in, in bubble wrap and cellophane for every aspect of the living world, exposing them to things like the contents of a pretty woman in a very safe, controlled environment. Um, because, like, Pretty Woman, despite being a film that's, like, literally about, you know, the sex working industry, is about one of the most plain, uh, 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 anodyne, safe sort of scenarios where one could be introduced to that concept. I think one... A, a child could watch Pretty Woman and have no conception of what julia roberts's job actually is do you know what i mean yeah and i and i think i had that um experience because i think i was like well if you can't kiss with your mouth like okay i guess that's fun for guys to like <laughs> guys kiss everywhere else <laughs> yeah i was just like i i guess like she's and i don't know what condoms do so i guess oh, yeah. she just kisses the rest of guys and like guys pay for that like I don't think I but I loved sex workers growing up like at a very young age I saw Chicago on it ever since my dad bought me my first one when I turned 13 I was on a plane when I saw Chicago for the first time in 2002 and I was just captivated and ever since then I also played a lot of sex workers when I was a theater kid I played I think I started counting them. I played like eight sex workers before I turned 18. That's a um, tremendous number. I'm assuming that there's a Les Mis sex worker in here somewhere. Mm-mm. A lovely ladies. No? no, there was like, there was like wow. Elephant Man. Aida, I was a belly dancer. I was a stripper. I was, um, I was a paid <laughs> sex worker a couple of times in different, um, period pieces. Wow. And a lot of some of them were just like cold scene reads. I I had sort of not that I look like Julia Roberts or did as a teenager. Not what I'm saying here, but the Heather Graham of it all. A lot of people would come up to me and be like, "You're just like Roller Girl from Boogie Nights." Like drunk boys came up to me all the time up until I would say like maybe two years ago when I first started tea. People stopped doing this to me, but like drunk guys, my whole life would come up to me and be like, "Not my whole life, my whole." pubescent girl life would come up to me and say that I looked like this. So I have this sort of like sort of girl next door. This was my old type like thing. But then I, but I, with some sort of edge, I don't know exactly what it was, but theater teachers would constantly hand me um, stripper scenes and scene work. It's tough to know in a scenario like that, like, are the teachers responding to something inherent in you or did those experiences craft you into the person you are today? And it's really, there's no, it, perhaps there's no answer to this cause and effect. Nature versus nurture, the sex worker. I That's don't know. That's exactly right. Were you born sex worker or crafted into one? You were born in the sex work. You merely adopted the sex worker. I was born in it. I would say my, 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 yeah. Cause I think I was, I was maybe... I was I was groomed in a way I was um, projected in a way and then once I actually hit puberty I could start like living into it but I think I like loved Mimi from Rent that was a dream role for a long time I loved um, I wanted to belt like this performer in the Wild Party also played by Idina Menzel which was like a smaller known musical that took place in the roaring 20s i just wanted to be like a broken but talented but smart (laughs) sex worker Mm -hmm. and then i guess i didn't really connect this into my later life but then i think it's just part of the queer experience but i've dated a bunch of sex workers um but i do think that's just kind of part of the queer experience is a lot of queer people do sex work um and it's cool and I like that. So that's my like <laughs> history with the profession. I've wanted to get into it, um, but it's got to be the right thing at the right time um, with the right with the right creative team, much like any other <laughs> project. Yes, absolutely. Got to have the right people in your corner um, if you're going to uh, embark on that on that path. 
Um, yes, absolutely. So you just watched Pretty Woman, right? Yeah. And you uh, have said that you that you rented it, that you have seen it um, in your in your young life. Admittedly, I watched this for the first time like five months ago uh, during that brief window where I had stars to watch the Party Down revival. And I said, oh, Pretty Woman's on there. Everyone's been telling me to watch this for rom-com research. Maybe it's time. And I watched it and it did happen in front of me. And to be honest, when we decided to do this show, I did not uh, feel like rewatching it. So I'm, I'm a little five months on from from the film, but I remember my general feelings. I remember I remember how the film, what the film stirred in me, even all those months ago. Yeah, and I think that kind of it gives a balanced perspective. We have some distance, and we have some immediate reactions. I'm just gonna start kind of running through my initial thoughts while watching this near nary minutes ago. Um, first impression, there's like this coastal late 80s, early 90s accent that is that everyone has and is gone now. And I find it so interesting. And it was pre vocal fry. So it's this sort of like uppity. It's not it's obviously not a British accent, but it's this like sort of like coastal elite accent that I can't quite place that everybody has. Um, then we get into stocks. We know that this is about business. It's just, it's an, it's an emotionally unavailable man who loves stocks and business, but doesn't really love anything. Just as like going through the motions. Um, then we start to get into some really good lines. I think the first, the first favorite line of mine is like, did you spend like more time with my secretary than me and she was like she was my bridesmaid incredible line and that's when i realized that there's gonna be some great one-liners in this movie vroom vroom gotta drive don't know what that means los angeles gotta drive (laughs) los angeles baby i did the the line did stand out for me and then it it made its way to the end of like los angeles city chase your dreams whatever that that line is i i live in los angeles now so this is a good starting because this is a new chapter for us we're back to uh virtual friendship so the bi-coastal podcast from coast to coast truly you know the two major cultural havens of this great nation uh that's that's where this podcast is getting you two very different art scenes and experiences that's what we're doing we're going coast to coast any other initial thoughts Yep. Um, I think it was funny that we introduced Julia uh, with her butt first. We just see her butt before we see anything else. I have It's a great seen... first impression. <laughs> it kind of speaks to the times, I think, um, having a leading person like that and just opening with her butt. And I do like I do like a reveal when people are like putting on things and you see like pieces of how they craft themselves before you see their face. I just thought it was funny they started with her butt. It just, it really speaks to the 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 fine authorial hand of director Gary Marshall. You know, just abs, just, just the, the scintillating auteurship of director Gary Marshall to start on the butt of the woman before you see any other parts of her. Because she is object made person but let's start at the most objective object she is objectified by the men around her and the camera should behave likewise camera is man camera is boy phallic camera look like dick if she (laughs) if she had huge titties i know that that's where it would have started but yeah but she just you know she's not just she's just not stacked that way that's kind of her charm too. She's accessible. She's um, just like us. She has medium titties. Well, I have zero, but that was expensive. I have you a are, designer. Yeah, chest. You are now Sans Titty, so you know, of course you can no longer relate to to these characters. Yeah, I can no longer relate to Julia Roberts, but he sure tries that Gary Marshall. Um, I think Brittany Murphy would have slayed as this best friend. And I think it's Totally. Cool. Maybe a little early for that. No, like, I know she wouldn't have been age appropriate for it because that was before Clueless. She would have been a tiny baby. That would have been icky. A tiny baby in a crib who is also a prostitute. <laughs> Which I wouldn't put it past this film. But I liked <laughs> I liked her. I felt like sh- this character walked so Brittany could run. 
Um, I thought it was funny that uh, Richard Greer's character was a sober king. I was like, okay, Slay. Okay, sober king. Okay. Is this the progression of your life that perhaps maybe you're you're becoming the Richard Greer character? You know, minus stocks and finances and bonds and things. If you looked at my dating life, probably. Yeah, that's right. I'm not a billionaire, though. I would say I'm the furthest from a billionaire. I'm incredibly broke. But if I came into money, yeah, maybe. I I might be. You're in your gear era. I would love, and I've thought about it, when I've had a little bit of money as a grad student. Like, one thing I did when I graduated is I made everybody take me to a strip club. And I got my first lap dance ever. And I had the best time. So I know if I did come into money, I would have a great time with sex workers i would fully like do a pretty woman week if i could absolutely you're also you're a real tony soprano i think at this point i still haven't seen more than the pilot i think but um okay well thank you he enjoys the odd lap dance he goes to therapy yes i thought you were gonna say something more than that i too go to therapy he Um, loves a lap dance he goes to therapy Rule of threes. Um, just... Is he a sober king? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Um, Based on how he... she's sitting, she seems like a bisexual queen. The way that she sat to eat her um, room service. She, uh, she pretty woman Julia Roberts, not she Tony Soprano. Right. I, to my knowledge, Tony Soprano is not a trans woman. But again, I haven't seen the show. That's actually was, what happened when we fade to black at the end of The Sopranos. I think that $3,000 was a lot then. I think that is barely two months rent now in LA. Comically low a uh, number for how long is, yeah, a week? Like a full week of like 24-7 services? Is, the I mean, the total 3000 is one month at like what you could get away with cost of living i think here um but two months if you just paid for rent with utilities so right and you were and if you were living by yourself in a in a in a julia roberts solo kind of situation um no like it's right now um moving in with people it's a little close to like 1300 (laughs) um if you live with like two or three people Los Angeles, the city where dreams are made of. But there's way more square footage, so there's there's that. Anyway, I'm moving to Koreatown. Wow. I th- I said I had a note that said, oh, this was part of the note. Two months rent in LA, three exclamation points, let's go 90s, four exclamation points. Oh, the way that they're eating during the first fancy scene is similar to how they eat in the reality TV show, The Bachelor, that you're never going to watch. but Absolutely not. It's like not eating. It's like the act of eating, but then no one actually eats. I right. Loved- well, I mean, that's a classic film sort of thing. Any actor who has done an eating scene will tell you that you don't actually, you do as little eating as possible because you're going to be eating for like an eight-hour shoot day and you don't want to be slamming French fries. I mean, they, you know, you got to know these people got a spit bucket right there. They got their little foodie foodie spit bucket. Icky. I loved another line I loved was lay like broccoli. We're going to veg out lay like broccoli. I mean, she is just, she is making a meal out of all of these one liners. I love it. This is, I mean, again, the authorial pen of writer J.F. Lawton is how you get, you get scintillating lines like that that really leap leap off the screen. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. I loved I am. I this loved... movie was written and directed by two of our greatest hacks of all time. <laughs> two two elite level hacks. But, you know, I loved the lines. I thought it was fun. I thought it was it was quippy and it was fun and I had a good time. The pretty woman date is what they call um the date that they go on on the bachelor which happens sometimes one of the contestants gets specially chosen at during some of the early weeks of the bachelor and she gets to go out with the bachelor and spend a bunch of money on nice clothes it is like the only actual financial perk of being on the bachelor besides followers 
after and monetizing on it. But that is the only time the producers ever give out money on The Bachelor is fascinating. Yeah, and I think that's a good that's a good point to perhaps plant a flag in this reading of your beat by beat notes is that like the section you are describing is the why this movie stuck in the culture the 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 live in fantasy of this movie of being you know plucked from obscurity into money and being able to go into all the stores that you never could before and purchase the things that you never can before i mean i think to the core audience of of pretty woman that is perhaps far more appealing than than the actual you know dating richard gear aspect is the having richard gear hand you his credit card and the experience of like that scene where she gets turned away from the one dress shop and then gets to like come back in later and gets to throw it back big in the face huge. of those uh, those mean huge. ladies big mistake huge um it it that is like, why this movie still exists, why people still watch it, is, like, the Rodeo Drive shopping montage. Anytime, like, anybody, any, you go to Rodeo Drive right now, and people are, are talking about Pretty Woman. They're taking Pretty Woman pictures. I'm sure they bring it up in D2, the Mighty Ducks, when they go to Rodeo Drive. It's just, it's a whole, it's a, it's a whole culture. It is Pretty Woman. I'm always talking about those two films in conversation with each other too, because you can't talk about one without the other. You can't really like they're they're twin films, much like Barbenheimer. It's really like they are inextricably linked in the culture. I realize that opera will never be part of my soul because I fucking hate opera. You hate opera. Hate You're fully it. anti-opera. Yeah, because he said you either love it or hate it, and then. You grow to like it, and then it becomes part of your soul or whatever. I've had I had a horrible member of my family only play opera my whole childhood, and whenever I was stuck in their um, hellscape weekends, <laughs> where I would be uh, under the strict, authoritative, kind of trunchable from Matilda vibes of this household, I had to listen to opera or classical music, but Mm. opera was dominant. And I think because of that, I just cannot do opera. I also almost died after an opera. Um, So that, that also did something to my brain. Yeah. Well, you and your parents went out to the alley behind the opera theater. And then of course that mugger shot your mother and your father and, and your mother's pearls spilled all over the streets of crime alley. Yeah. And it's, it's what's, what sucks about that is it feels like that moment in my life just gets played over and over, over and, over and over by they keep different casting directors. different actors mm-hmm. to play your horribly murdered mother and father. Sometimes it's like two actors from The Walking Dead and you're like, you chose two actors from The Walking Dead? This is just like distracting. I'm just distracted. These are two actors from The Walking Dead. This is like picking um, three yeah. actors from Sex Education for a movie and you just don't know why. You don't know why yeah. it happened. Is that a reference to a particular film? Barbie. I see. Um, it, it, another uh, uh, way in which this movie is an exquisite piece of hack work is that the opera scene from this movie literally happened three years earlier in the film Moonstruck with Cher and Nicolas Cage. Um, a much better movie on the whole. Um, but yes, it, it happens there. And I, I have only been to one full-length opera because I was dating an opera singer at the time who was in an opera, uh, dated a few opera singers in my time because of a particular part of Webster University's uh, lush cultural life. Well, look at us, Um, you opera singers, me sex workers. We're really the film in a lot of ways. Yeah. In this, in this way, we are both pretty woman. Um, I, it was a production of Madam Butterfly in St. Louis, Missouri, um, now, if you know anything about Madame Butterfly, you know that that uh, uh, play, uh, opera, so sorry, is set uh, in Asia. And if you know anything about the St. Louis opera scene, you might say, I just don't feel like there's probably a lot of Asian people there. Well, don't worry. They did yellow face. If you were worried about how they would put on Madame Butterfly, I don't want you to worry because they did yellow face. Excellent. Excellent in- choice. As usual, twenty by Missouri fourteen. Mm-hmm. 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 No, that feels mm-hmm. right. That's that. Every few, you know, somewhere 
in in Missouri every year we are spray tanning the hell out of some white ass children to do West Side Story to do in the Heights. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's part of Missouri's rich cultural texture. Yeah, waiting for Guffman kind of set the scene for like what community theater could be in Missouri. And it since then has really just kind of blossomed into this rich landscape. Um, There is the Muni. Which would never do anything like that. (laughs) Yeah, the Muni is a special place. Muni is a special place. It's an outdoor theater in St. Louis, Missouri. So whenever you see a show at the Muni is a minimum of 85 degrees (laughs) outside. Um, and it does have a huge section of free seats at the back, Where which you can is watch, nice. I think Yeah, you can great... watch like little specks kind of like flit about the yeah, stage. You can, you can get your bird watching binoculars out and you might, might just be able to see Aladdin down there. You might. It's a little, it's a little funky. It's a little bit of a stretch to offer that to watch. I know it's free, but it's like, you're not even really seeing, there isn't like a jumbotron of like, the musicians no. on stage or anything. It's a mental jumbotron. It's a jumbotron in your mind, in the in the theater of the mind space, where you're like, I can hear Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. What it looks like is is immaterial to me. It's like listening to to the an audio book or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, cast recording. You're just essentially you're getting you're you're going to an album listening party if you go to the Muni in Forest Park and use the use the free seats with some colors and some set design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big fans, big fans, huge. I said, and then I st- kind of stopped taking notes at this point. But mm-hmm. I said I don't think I want a man to read Shakespeare to me in the park, but I could be wrong. Maybe uh, I would enjoy it if a woman read Shakespeare to me in the park. I'm not sure. Who would ever think of putting Shakespeare in the park? You know, I'm saying that that's Richard, a new idea. Richard Greer, 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 Gear. It's just gear. It's just you're, you're adding a lot of stink on it. It's just gear. Gears. Mr. Mr. Richard Gear, the the tasty cheese. He, yeah, that's it. Um, he reads Shakespeare out loud to her in the park. Does he do all the little voices? I don't know. The, it, that one was MOS. We did not get Maybe to Maybe he was just reading <laughs> some, like, couplets or sonnets or something. Maybe he wasn't doing, like, Hamlet top to bottom. Yeah, that's true. Did you know that New York's Shakespeare in the Park is fucking obsessed with Stacey Abrams? No. Okay. Because my girlfriend just saw a production of girlfriend Hamlet. Girlfriend Girlfriend reveal uh, that she exists and no other information about her. Uh, She saw a production of Hamlet at Shakespeare in the Park here in New York City, which was set during the Stacey Abrams for President 2024 election in Georgia. I did see a photo of this, I think, on your girlfriend's Instagram. And I was kind of like, what the fuck Yeah, kind of like, what? I had a lot of questions of like, is it... Denmark, Georgia? Like, what What happened here? What did they do? But I was then talking to a friend of the show, Caroline Amos, who revealed to me that they also did a Shakespeare in the Park production set in Stacey Abrams' times last year. Also, as well, whoever is running... That is so Shakespeare weird. Is just, it's so weird. It's like the most New York lib thing I could ever possibly... Imagine it's so to do it twice feels to do it twice so wrong to me. You do it once, okay. You know, whatever. You tried something. I'm not saying it's gonna work, but like you tried something. There's You're no doing Greece on the moon, like in the other two. There's no but politician. There's no politician that feels right for me. Like there's to do it twice. <laughs> you couldn't name a politician in this lifetime that I would feel that was okay. It just feels morally wrong to endorse apparently, over two like, seasons. Apparently, like, New York's Shakespeare in the Park is run by, like, Bradley Whitford from Get Out. Like, I would I would do a third Stacey Abrams Shakespeare production if I could. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say West Wing. But that's even more. No, I'm obsessed with fucking hacks, dude. I'm obsessed, 
I just these people are fucking. This is a hack podcast. This is a this is a pro hack podcast. We will Listen. be also watching the TV show Hacks. Hacks, yeah. I've I've seen the first season and I really liked it. And then just for whatever reason, I've never pulled that second season trigger. That's okay. I mean, it's okay. I'm finally finishing Thirty Rock. You know, everyone's very happy for me. I won't tell you how many rocks end up in the end, but I don't think you'll like it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't. Um... I got to guess, you know, I got my fan theories about how many rocks there's going to be, but uh, I'm excited. Maybe they'll, they'll pull a twist at the end. No spoilers. No spoilers at all for 30 Rock, a show that ended 100 years ago. <laughs> oh my God. I watched that at the TikTok that I sent you that felt really transported to like the year 2009 or whatever. And there were so many like 30 Rocky things in it. And wow, what a time. It was what a time the- and what a show. Um, and unfortunately, be, you know, 30 Rock has some of the most problematic people you can imagine involved at various levels of the production on and off screen. Uh, it was unfortunately also right about basically every aspect of where culture was going. It's kind of fucked up how much 30 Rock was had it right on the money of what of where we were going, what we were doing. Well, it's one of those things like many comedians in this time where it's like oh we know how fucked this shit is but oh well like we have all the knowledge for how fucked things are and how fucked things are behavior but like mm, yeah what am but I it just do? like it just couldn't i mean really i mean like what were they going to do what were like Faye and carlock possibly going to to be able to do i don't mean that sarcastically like they don't actually have any control over this shit so like they might as well point and say that's where we're going we're going to milf island that's that's what we're doing and uh then you know years later milf island basically became a real show yeah and many iterations of it too yeah, it's not even the first uh, ripoff of Milf Island. And, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm watching 30 Rock, and I, it is unfortunate, but I say there's a there's a pretty solid case to be made that Alec Baldwin is giving the greatest comedic performance of all time as Jack Donaghy. It sucks. I don't, I don't want to be the guy to say it, but it's possible that he is. Yeah. But is it anything compared to the scintillating performance of one Julia Roberts in the film Pretty Woman? Because this movie is... Nothing without her. Correct. Do you know what I'm? Well, yeah, you, like, I wouldn't watch this movie if it this wasn't would Julia not work. Roberts. I feel this is a masterclass this, in Julia Roberts and her potential. Every line sounds a, amazing coming out of her mouth. Every every shot of her is beautiful. Like I not aesthetically, but just by choices that she makes. Like it's she is a masterful actor, and you can just tell. This is this is a clinic on being a movie star. Yes. You know, because as we said, she'd been in a few things before this. Mystic Pizza, I think, was a, a hit. Steel Magnolias was a hit. But, you know, there's a lot of people in Steel Magnolias. There's like six megawatt stars, fucking Dolly Parton and, and Sally Field and Shirley MacLaine. You know, it's like... I haven't seen it, so no spoilers how many Magnolias get stolen. I don't want it. Uh, I think it's... The other kind of steel, but I could be wrong about that. Um, for for uh, I believe it's I believe it's a homophone. No spoilers. But no spoilers for whether or not it's a homophone. But this is the and Mystic Pizza also is a larger sort of ensemble piece. But this movie lives or dies on her. No offense to Richard Gere. No offense to Seinfeld's Jason Alexander, who plays a sniveling little creep. No offense to anyone else in this movie. Without Julia Roberts, this thing is dead on arrival. It has completely lackluster scripting and direction. You know, like, it is. this movie is run on 100% megawatt clean energy star power. It is, it is run on being a movie star. And she personally, with her own two hands and fucking 32 teeth, like, just slam dunks this thing into the all-time Hall of Fame. It's it's an unbelievable performance of star power. You could give her, I think, anything, any kind of, like, cheesy script, whatever, and she could do it. I mean, she's the right person to, like, 
okay, we have a concept, a studio ordered this, we're not really going to write it. Maybe we'll have <laughs> no. AI write it, but let's let's spend our money instead of riders on um, having Julia Roberts come in. And I feel like that was always a safe bet and could continue to be. I didn't see Ticket to Paradise, but... Um, oh, I did. We will be reviewing it, so that's okay. One of those dates, one of these dates. And uh, let me tell you, Ticket to Paradise, perfectly fine and charming. About the same level as this movie where, like, boy, without Julia Roberts and Clooney at the center, this movie would be nothing. I mean, <laughs> nothing. But they kind of, they make it a perfectly fine movie to watch on an airplane. Yeah. That is the level that you can get Ticket to Paradise to, and they do it with, with aplomb. And again, megawatt star power. I'm going to count my teeth right now. Yeah, how many teeth does humans got? I guessed it. No, 32, I. But that doesn't seem right. I don't have as many as regular people because I'm not oh, like the other squirrels. Teeth. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four. 25. Just 25 for me. How many, okay. How many do you have? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, So it's 12 on one side of the top. And I, I believe we can reasonably extrapolate that to being double. So that's 24 on the top, bro. All right. Uh, 10 on the bottom on one side, so 20. So I believe I'm at 44. Whoa, you have twice as much as me. Double teeth! Yeah, I'm like a shark. I never had to get like my wisdom teeth taken out because I just have the biggest fucking mouth in the world. <laughs> okay, bisexual king. <laughs> comical cartoon mouth that you could like shove a hot dog lengthwise into (laughs) okay jealous i have the smallest mouth in the world i was bullied for it you have the smallest mouth in the world i was bullied. you're bullied for your hey small mouth no i had how many bites you gotta take small guy in in theater camp who's like oh it sucks your mouth is so small you're gonna suck at blowjobs and i like wow that haunted me it haunted and, me for years. Well, what's the verdict? You know, did you did you did you manage to succeed despite adversity? Soul surfer? Did you soul surfer <laughs> blowjobs? I much like Bethany Hamilton, famous turf. Much like losing my arm to a shark on Halloween. Soul surfer's a turf. Soul turfer. Yes. <laughs> Hold on, I have to go tweet soul turfer. <laughs> Hold on. No, please keep going. Pause. Pod. I don't remember what the question is. Oh, do I give good blowjobs was the question. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can't confirm. I've never received a blowjob from myself. Oh, so sick, I don't bro. miss that rib um, to be able to do that. Um, but I don't think that's how the <laughs> Yeah. No, if you can remove a rib to suck your own dick yeah of course this is I, I do it all the time this is schoolyard science i learned this is schoolyard science man marilyn manson got that uh got that digging up yeah that's where i learned it the schoolyard science from marilyn manson from your close personal friend marilyn manson now to look up and i will say i think i've gotten crimes. positive reviews at least but i know um i know for me it's uncomfortable because i have a really locked jaw and also probably a small mouth um so i do it um to impress others but i don't enjoy the full experience of it i think the novelty probably the beginning the beginning and the end um but the middle Mm. part is more for the other person and not for me you know but a good deed is its own reward yeah Sort of like a, a service bottom or whatever, or service top or mm. whatever. <laughs> I don't know, actually. It is I think, I don't remember if I asked you this question, but I've been asking this question to people recently. Are blowjobs topping or bottoming? 
I think I don't I don't think they conform to those those rigid binary structures. Yeah. I think oral knows no positioning. It is neither high status nor low status. Yeah, I think it's the means in which it's happening. I think it's like the dynamic in which it's happening. If it's, it's like It's a common language that we all speak. It's like it's like speaking Esperanto or Galactic Basic. It's just everyone speaks oral, you know? Everyone does speak speak oral. Oral. And that's a great point. Yeah. But it's the, it's the one thing that those two, you know, the, the Montagues and the Capulets of tops and bottoms have in common. It's <laughs> <laughs> oral sex. Yeah, I guess so. I think there are people where, like, for them, blowjobs is bottoming or topping. It really just depends on, like, kind of the Whatever power, gets you there. Whatever the power vibe is in the hookup that you're in, I think. Oh, sure. Yes, it definitely can have a toppy or a bottomy energy, exactly. but I don't think it is inherently one or the other. Yeah, exactly. And so in that way, I find gay sex confusing. <laughs> <laughs> in this one way, I find, I find gay sex confusing. And in this thesis... In this essay, I will. Okay, sex. Listen, I think I think we've we've hit on a lot of important topics uh, uh, here in the in the Pretty Woman episode, our inaugural episode. Yeah, I hope you all got the something out of it. Um, I hope you I learned so. something. I hope you all discovered something within yourself uh, while mm-hmm. listening. And if anything, I hope you join us in watching and running the Julias. Yes, we. I hope you find the Pretty Woman inside of yourself. I Where hope, is she? I hope you is she in there? Open a software, and it's Julia Roberts, and you run the Julias. <laughs> Julia.exe. Exactly. Um, exquisite. So, uh, something that we have not discussed at all is how, what, what order? What are we doing? <laughs> what are what are we, how are we going to decide what happens when? No, we have discussed it. We just didn't come to a conclusion. What did we discuss? We discussed like how, we, there were different ideas for how we were talking about the Julias. And mm-hmm. I don't remember what those were. Right. But they were discussed. Um, I see. I don't, I don't agree. Um, I'm going to hit a reply to something. Hold on. Uh, sick. We could have best performance, best picture, best character work, best comedic, best drama, best dialect, best writing, best scene, romance, oh, best scene, was drama, just... best scene, comedy. Well, that was just like awards we were going to give. I was talking about what order we were possibly going to talk about the 66 works of Julia Roberts in. That was my question. Yeah, I guess what's the tease? I think next is Mystic Pizza. You want to do Mystic Pizza? Yeah. Seems like a logical trajectory. Let's go back to the to the beginning. Yeah. Let's go back to uh, the first time where she really made a splash. Let's walk the old Mystic Pizza. I actually just passed through Mystic, Connecticut on a train a few weeks ago. It's and time. did you? No, we couldn't get off the train. Fuck. It would have cost a lot of money to get off the train and have a slice of pizza and get back on And the you're train. no Richard Gurrierger. I'm no Richard Gaier. You know, I can't, I can't be out here purchasing pizzas willy-nilly, racking up Amtrak ticket prices that were not cheap to begin with because it was 4th of July weekend. But yeah, so I think there's no sad order to this audience. We're going to we're gonna figure it out. We're going to play it as it goes. What, what seems logical to get to next, you know? And I think as far as we're talking about Star Makers where she's given a big old smile on the cover, I think Mystic Pizza is the right way to go. Uh, Mystic Pizza, a film I have seen but I have not rewatched, um, and so this will be this will be an interesting place to revisit. Yes, and I've never seen. You've never seen the Pete's? No. Nope. You're gonna oh, you're gonna you have your first slice <laughs> of real Connecticut pizza. Unfortunately, I'm gluten and dairy free, but I think I'll still be able to kind of buy into the fantasy. Yeah, of of <laughs> being around pizza, <laughs> the fantasy of being able to be in the same room as pizza. Eating pizza, having a pizza landscape. So true, so true, so true. Yeah, we could, maybe we'll take turns choosing. Maybe it's just all vibes, baby. We'll figure it out. There's no need. We don't need to iron this out yet. So next up, next month, by the way, the show is monthly. Next month, it's going to be Mystic Pizza. And then we'll, and then maybe, yes, I think after 12 of these, 
we will do a awards ceremony. The, we'll do the Julia Awards <laughs> for that period of time. Best picture, best Julia performance, best supporting actor to Julia. Yes. And we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out from there. That sounds um, great. That actually sounds really go, good. We could do this for years if there's 60 whatever. Yeah, there's like 66. Um, some some is, award seasons might be way more boring than others, but we'll do our best to uh, curate the season. We're going to try and like split up the the big ones and the small ones. You know what I mean? We can't burn out all the big ones in the first 12. Actually, knowing us, we don't tend to finish the whole body of work in which we say we're going to. So I we're think we just, I think we do, our, I think we do the best. I think we pick the best ones that we'll enjoy the most and just. You think so? Yeah. We talk about the ones that we gotta talk about yeah. before the show um, yep. dissolves due to apathy or some other circumstance. Be, just based on our history. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, we, that's, we did not do every minute of Hamilton uh, available now on patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. We did 50 minutes here's the thing, of Hamilton. I was always which is down. a lot of minutes. I was always down. It was your burnout. So I think we just stick to what we enjoy i pod faded remember yeah. that remember that topical uh new york times article about pod fade from a few years ago no um i'm always i'm always on the hot button of the new i'm sober so i don't pod fade anymore mm, <laughs> you micropod yeah i micropod exactly you micropod oh. i don't finish uh yeah so this is this is gonna be uh good so coming up next mystic pizza uh, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. Not only can you listen to 50 episodes of Hamel Minute, uh, but for as little as $1 a month, you get all sorts of extras, early preview. You get this show a full week early, as well as other shows and other projects and previews of what we're up to. And uh, give me some money so I can give Kat some money, unless they refuse it, as they have before. I've never uh, seen a dollar um, in any of our projects, so... Despite... <laughs> multiple offers of giving a dollar <laughs> you just like to say that you've never taken a dollar i don't think you've movie. ever offered me a dollar for this certainly have not one dollar i've offered to factor you in and you said no it's worth it too okay <laughs> to keep to keep the mystique you're like jay leno saying you've never touched the tonight show money it's it's an honor pact for you that's so funny no i'm buying in on this one i've long i've learned my lesson you want some money yeah you realize money is used to be exchanged for goods and services? I've always known that, but now I need it. I need it mm-hmm. more than ever. Um, and I need to be now incentivized to really push it to happen. So you heard it here. The decision has been made, folks. I will be capitalizing on this project. And my Instagram is at catscottonline, and I am also trying to build a virtual queer space I have a dating sim you can play. I have an itch.io that you can play. It is all like beta testing. Um, so you can have fun on there. Uh, Jesse Cat Scott is what you would search on itch.io. And go be gay. Go date some people. I'll continue to update it. Um, and that is my project of choice. If you have any full-time work with benefits, also feel free to reach out at, at Cat Scott online i have a master's degree uh the only thing i won't do is production assistant i will do literally anything else on the call sheet and i also have many other skills so that is my plug really selling out here as much as i can no it's time to sell out the time of uh uh, self-respect is over the time of selling out is now yeah it's time i can it's okay i can do reputation management when i have money you can be more choosy after you've had you're pretty, you're pretty woman. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You just need your pretty woman. I am also open to, job. I am open to sex work for the right client. A uh, Richard Garrover. <laughs> I love that the actor with the easiest to pronounce <laughs> name in the world <laughs> is, is really, has really thrown this, this podcast for a loop. Hey, we have at least one more Richard Garrover, uh, performance awaiting us down the line. So, uh. Get ready. You got time to learn up. What um, shoe model are the shoes in Runaway Bride? Are they New Balance? Are they Nikes? I haven't uh, watched this movie in five months. I couldn't tell you. Well, you'll find out if you keep listening to Run the Julias. And I'm Kat Scott. 
And I'm TV's Kevin Lanigan. And this and is she's our, Julia Roberts. This is our uh, this is our rap song. Julia, 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 run the Julias. <laughs> I would put the Beatles song Julia as our theme, except uh, it's entirely the wrong vibe. It's, it's it, it would not fit at all. I liked I liked what I now do one of yours. Do one of yours, and we'll cut it together. <laughs> Julia. Here I am, Julia, here's some ham, serve it up on a plate, eat it now, it tastes great, Julia, Julia, pretty woman, Julia. We gotta hire someone to wrap as many um, Julia Roberts movie titles as possible. You could do like a poker rap thing, but just make it all rhyme, like... Dine Young, the player of the Pelican Brief, ready to wear flatliners, sleeping with the enemy, pretty woman, steal magnolias, mystic pizza, conspiracy theory, law and order, Notting Hill, runaway bride, Aaron Brockovich, the Mexican, America's sweethearts, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, this is good. I think this has potential. Yeah, and that was off the dome, off the cuff, off the blowjob. Yeah, scrolling through IMDb as quickly as I could from title to title. (laughs) Eat, pray, love! Oh, I can't wait for Eat, Pray, Love. Live, laugh, lesbian. I'm so ready. Live, laugh, lesbian. Oh, God. Gary Marshall's Valentine's Day, one of the worst films ever (gasps) made. I love Valentine's Day. Oh, and New Year's Eve or whatever. Such well, a we good... gotta. We'll get. We'll do that next February. Put the flag in it. We'll do Valentine's Day next February. Get ready. We have quite a roster for you all, my dear There's listeners. A lot of good movies on this list. Mm-hmm. We've signed off so many times, and I'm not ready. <laughs> this is the Midwest goodbye. Our hands are on the door now, but we are standing in between. This the... show ends with the Midwest goodbye, where we go. Well, well, <laughs> you, you slap your legs and you go well. Oh, let me squeeze past you. And we're doing cut. the Midwest goodbye. The audience is like cleaning the dishes while we're still hanging out. Like it's the most obvious leave symbol in the world. Pretty woman.